Hello, and welcome to the Financial Emancipation Podcast. I'm your host, Malik Branch, and this is a podcast discussing the ways in which you can walk towards your financial emancipation, getting free from the burden of your finances. Welcome back, and thank you for joining me. Um, we had a little bit of a, a, a delay or a downtime in podcast last week, mainly because my day job was so intense the last two weeks, and last week was just super intense. I had really, like crazy days meetings back to back early days it was a little crazy and this week um intends to be similarly (laughs) as intense so we shall see but in those moments I was thinking about different content I was writing things down I just didn't have the opportunity to record um as I normally do as my schedule was just a little off so I apologize for the delay but we're back we're definitely back and I'm glad to be back with you guys so today I want to talk a little bit about credit Um, We do a lot of episodes, I've done a lot of episodes about credit as it relates to how credit affects you, why you should try to um, keep your debt to income ratio down, how you should manage your utilization. Um, I've given a lot of tips on how to kind of maintain a good credit score, but we haven't talked um, at least in a while about what is a good credit score? What kind of, what does that mean? What are most people's credit scores? What's considered exceptional? How having a a credit, a high credit score can help you and save you money and really be an excellent way to manage your finances and how you can still manage through and and take your time to kind of grow your credit score um, as long as you maintain what's considered to be a good credit score. So, Credit is an essential part of your finances. As much as we want to be people who um, always buy everything on cash and are really able to to function in a cash way, that's very challenging because there are times that come for which you cannot buy things in cash. So if you buy a house, you cannot buy your house in cash in most situations. Some people do. But for the most part, you need to access credit um, which would be, which is a mortgage and mortgage is just credit. It's not a credit card, but it's credit. Someone's giving you a lot of money. And the difference is that the, the credit you receive for your home, there's something to back it up, right? So that it is a secured loan instead of an unsecured loan. So a secured loan, like your mortgage for your house or even your car is secured by the asset. So therefore, if you do not pay the bill, the bank can come back get their, um, you know, get their house back and not lose as much. And so when you see an interest rate, you see that interest rates can be lower. You're talking about single digit percentages on a secured loan. So you get a, you can have a mortgage with a 3% interest rate, a car note with three, five, and sometimes even 0% interest because there's an asset to, 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 that they can reclaim. When you get to unsecured loans, which is what credit, most credit cards are, then you run into the space and place in which a bank is just giving you money and giving you access to credit with nothing to secure it. And that is why in order for the bank to actually make money, they charge you really high interest rates in most cases. So in most cases, they're going to charge you a really high interest rate, double digits for sure, you know, 20%, 15%. Somewhere along those, and in some bad instances, you're at a 25%. I've seen 30 in some places. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that the bank is taking a heavy risk by um, 
by giving you this access to this credit, they're taking a really high risk. And the, the likelihood of them getting their money back depends on your credit score. And so if you are someone who has a high credit score, you can get a lower interest rate on your credit cards because your history has proven that when someone lends you money, you give it back. And so they usually will access, give you access to even more money and at a lower rate, they're saying, hey, there's not really a chance that I'm not gonna get my money back. And so this is a good deal for the bank. If you're someone who has a low credit score and a history of not paying back either on time or at all, you'll see that you receive a higher interest rate because the bank is going to knows they're taking a greater risk and that they have to kind of get their money up front because there's likely there's a like strong likelihood that you won't pay on time or you won't pay at all. And so these are the kind of loans and kind of credit that's kind of out there for you. And then we get to your ability to access it. So there was a point in time, and I think we're coming back into that time where having a lower credit score made it so that you were unable to access a home, a mortgage, like you could not access a mortgage. It came to a point where a a certain credit score said, listen, you're not a good candidate for a mortgage period. When that weekend back in like the 2000s, the late 2000s, late early 2000s, about 2005 or so, when that began to weaken and all these type of other loans came up, it made it so that people who maybe were not good candidates for to receive that level of credit and receive a mortgage were able to receive it and We all know how that went in the 2008 crisis, 2008, 2009 housing crisis, the bubble burst, the mortgage lending kind of got, got, um, got the amount of attention they need that they were doing these predatory lending. People lost their homes, homes they couldn't afford. Um, people were underwater in their homes. And so, and these were, this was targeted at people with lower credit scores because these are people who would not have been able to otherwise access a home mortgage. And so having a credit score that's considered to be low does mean that you are, um, it makes it more of a challenge now to access a good rate on a home mortgage. So they may charge you a little bit more. And in some instances, you may not even qualify. So the importance of having a good credit score is that you are going to be able to access the important um, large scale types of credit, which is to get a car note, to get a home loan. But there's also an ability to access credit, meaning having a credit card with a decent rate, a, a decent rate that they're um, charging you every every month on the interest and also being able to get more credit, different types of credit cards. Um, you may, Many people wear Amex. Amex is very selective about who they allow to have their credit and, and at one point you could not have an Amex if you didn't have a very high credit score because Amex at one point was simply a charge card where you could charge it but you had to pay it back at the end of the month. Now Amex has become, has given access to having a, a revolving credit card and they're still pretty selective about who they allow to have that card. So knowing that um, Amex, you know, having an Amex is one of those kind of things that used to be um, only those who had exceptional credit could have an Amex. That's, le- that's less than some, but particularly if you want to get a green Amex charge card, you still need to have uh, what could, what's considered to be very good or high um, exceptional credit score. So let's talk about credit scores for a second. Um, you know, your credit score can range between 300 and 850. And so what is considered is that 66% of Americans have what's considered to be a good credit score or better. So between 300 and 579 is considered to be very poor. Uh, between 580 and 669 is considered to be fair. 
And when you get to good, which is what um, 21% of the population has good credit, is 670 to 739. So 670 to 739 is where you are in that space where you can go, you know that you'll be, you won't be rejected for things, right? There aren't, there, there's some things I'm sure you will, but for the most part, if you lay down your information, you will be accepted. This is where the rates start to vary. But for the most part, if you go to get a home loan, you will be approved. If you go to get a car note, you will be approved. Um, it's really more so about the rates that you'll be getting. Then you get to very good, which is 740 to 799, which is what 25% of the population has. That's very good credit. That's the kind of credit where, again, you know, when you lay down, you're, you're, you're eligible for the zero interest rates. You're, you know, you're really in a good space with that level of credit. Then you have exceptional, 800 to 850. Um, that kind of credit is, is what we should all aspire to. It's very challenging, but it, it, is, it is something that once you get there, you can maintain it. And it is a goal for many people who are looking to have supreme credit between 800 and 850. An 800 credit score is really just like where you want to be. And that's because it gives you access to basically anything that you want that you want and need as it relates to credit. And it secures yourself with a really good credit interest rate. So if you're looking to buy a home with an 800 credit score, you can get a great rate. If you're looking to buy a car or lease a car, you can get, you know, zero down, zero money down, zero percent interest, things like that. If you're looking to get credit cards, you'll be given access to more credit. And see, this is the thing, right? The reason it's almost like it can be a cash 22 because the better your credit score is, the more access you have to more. The thing about it is that you have to maintain that because the more you have, it gives you an opportunity to kind of screw it up, right? And so you have to be in a really good place and space so that the more you have access to is the more you're kind of doing well with. I recently ran my own credit, um, my own credit and looked at what are the highest things that are impacting my credit. And right now I have 98% on-time payments. And for me to look at that now in 2019 versus what that used to look like in about 20, I want to say 2010, I that was my problem. I didn't pay anything on time. That was like a big thing for me because I was struggling more and I would like juggle. And so I would, you know, they would miss deadlines and things like that. And and that particularly on my mortgage would have, I would be, you know, a couple of days late beyond the grace period. And now like you, I'm all of my bills are so paid that they're paid early. Like I'm making all my credit card payments. I make, I'm making them more like more payments during the month than what would even be due I'm, I'm so i'm past my due dates if you remember when i when i had a car note i was paying in advance i was paying so much that i was paid up all the way through i believe at that point i was paid through like october and i ended up paying my car note off a year early but i didn't owe them a payment for about six months more than when i where i was at and so I had paid the car off. Um, like I said, I've been very adamant about that. That's something that I've been very diligent about. And I see it reflected in my credit score and, and see that reflected as the thing that's really given me a, a boost. And the, the thing that fluctuates my credit has to do with um, my 30% utilization. And so I keep most of my credit cards down to zero or maybe five, six hundred dollars on them. But I have an Amex that I use that I use for travel. And so I use that card and I buy, you know, plane tickets and things and book hotels and things like that. And so there are times when that credit card has a higher balance. And when, if my credit is, you know, when they run for your credit report at that point, it, I could be at more like 50% utilization. 
but then I pay pay it down. And so that de- that definitely I see how that impacts my credit score when when I'm at the 50% and then when I hit back down to the 30. And so when it comes to managing my credit cards, I am very diligent about on-time payments with everything that I have credit meaning my um my credit, my student loans, my my credit cards and my mortgage really diligent about on-time payments and keeping the utilization down on my credit cards is essential. And again, the only card that I have that fluctuate with is my Amex and I'm working for 2019 to really get that down so low, maybe down to a 15% so that I, when I do buy and I do buy those tickets, I'm not seeing that, that um, fluctuation in my credit score. So really it's just about managing your credit and, and being very deliberate about it the things that have happened to your credit, you can rebuild your credit. That is not something that takes a lot of, 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 you don't have to go and wait seven years to rebuild your credit. You can rebuild your credit as you're going along, as your financial situation improves. You can rebuild your credit. If there are things that you've allowed to get on your credit, major things like a repossession, a foreclosure, things like that, those do take a long time. Bankruptcy, things like that, those do take years to get off your credit. But basically, the things that you can change, the things that you are in control of, you should change. Start paying all of your bills on time. All of your, Even if you're struggling with your credit cards, even if you're paying the minimum payment, pay them on time. And like I always say to people about managing credit, if you want to start to begin to manage your credit, get some of those things, some wins, pay off some things, but don't close things. I know people are very um, tempted to do that. Don't close things because length of credit is a, is a helpful thing. And stop impl- stop applying for things because inquiries into your credit really start to become damaging um, on your credit score as well. So we need to be a, a people focusing, as we focus on our financial freedom, focusing on our credit because it is the thing that we can use to kind of help balance our financial situation, give us access to better credit ratings. I'm, I'm sorry, better interest rates. And when you have better interest rates, you're spending less money on things that you have to borrow, meaning your mortgage and your car note. And even with your credit, the amount of interest that it comes on your credit cards. So really, let's try to focus on the credit. Keep in mind that your credit score has those those fluctuations at different points in time. And that, but you want to think of it as much as you think about any other part of your finances. You don't want it to be something off on the side, your credit score that you run every year. You need to be constantly aware of where your credit is and of what things you can do to kind of help improve it along the way. So I'm going to wrap up there. Thank you so much for listening to me today. If you have any questions for me, please feel free to send me an email at Malik, M-A-L-I-E-K at thefinancialemancipation.com. If you haven't already done so, please follow me on Instagram at Financial Emancipation. Follow me on Twitter at F-I-N Emancipation. Follow me on Facebook and like, hit click like and share that page so other people, people can like Financial Emancipation. And make sure you're following my YouTube page, Financial Emancipator, and make sure you're subscribing to this podcast. Subscribe on uh, iTunes and on our SoundCloud. Subscribe so you can get the updates as soon as the podcast is loaded. It updates right into your phone. Thanks again so much for listening today, and I hope you'll be back as we continue to discuss the ways in which you walk towards your financial emancipation, getting free from the burden of your finances. Have a great day.